At the age of 26, my business was half a million dollars in debt. As an entrepreneur, you get pushed around. The question I faced was, how would I crawl out from underneath the debt and grow my business? The exciting part is, I have a multi-million dollar business now. But the truth is, there is no perfect entrepreneur. Join me and follow along as I share with you the mindset and business strategies needed to grow any company. My name is Oliver Fernandez. Welcome to the Imperfect Entrepreneur. How are you? This is Oliver Fernandez with The Imperfect Entrepreneur. And today we're going to talk about, as an entrepreneur, we often act as the fireman or firewoman. So we just got back from Brandon Dawson's leadership program, and Lily stayed with Leah's parents for the weekend. And it was so cool when we went back to go pick her up to see the crash course that they created for her in their basement um, where she was able to like walk around like the the couch and then the ottomans and um, like crawl through and crawl under um, some tables and it w- it was cool to kind of see her go through that and then how much fun it brought them and how much fun she was having. Um, so the leadership event was amazing. Uh, we worked through in person the concepts that we've been working on and studying for the last few months and. Uh, as a participant, we each walked through like real life business examples using those concepts. So like for me, I used uh, like acknowledge, accept, take action and attack speed as one of the concepts we've been working through. And then I, I, I've talked up through um, a situation that I, I recently had on one of the projects that I'm working on. It was, it was for a military base and it was we ordered that we ordered a oil water separator, which is basically a large piece of equipment that separates oil, like gasoline, from water. And it was located on a um, at a fueling station. And we we ordered this piece of equipment, but with with COVID and with with the um, with the snowstorm that happened in Texas, there were some pretty significant delays with with this product. And um, I still had a, a contract deadline of, of September, you know, thirtieth, and they were telling me that I wasn't even going to be able to get the piece of equipment until January, February timeframe. So I was definitely frustrated because this was the first project that you know we're going to be late delivering on because because of this product and, and, and instead of placing blame or placing, you know, getting upset and getting fired up about it, I acknowledged it, you know, I then accepted it as, you know, Hey, this is going to, maybe this is the first project that McKinsey's going to be late on delivering. Um, and I just got to take ownership for it. We're, we, we're, 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 we, we've been in business. We know, we know, how this thing plays out. And I, I can't constantly just make excuses. There's, there's plenty of excuses to be had, but like, we just got to acknowledge it, accept it and start taking action on it. And what I mean by taking action is like trying to figure out how we can get this thing sooner. And we, we, we talked to the contracting officer. Um, we talked to the supplier. We talked to 
every I called other suppliers to see if I can get it from um, from them sooner. The another oil water from them sooner than than this, this manufacturer that we had currently been going with. And and there wasn't you know I didn't have much much success. And then I was speaking with the contracting officer, and then they had let us know of this potential, um, this potential opportunity with like a DCO two rated order, which which allows basically the government to jump to the front of the line for manufactured equipment. And the reason why they get to jump to the front of the line is because they're the government. If if they don't have the tools and the resources they need to protect the people, then the people are not protected. So they get to jump to the front of the line to get the tools and the resources to protect the people. And that order was something that I've never currently dealt with. And the supplier didn't has never dealt with it. And it was just the, a confusing concept for for them to understand. So as we continue to work through it, you know, and I mean, when I say continue to work through it, this has been over the last like, you know, two to three months of pushing forward and, and you know, trying to figure this thing out. Um, I recently got a, uh, a phone call from the supplier letting me know that they were going to meet our deadline of June 14th. So that means that we literally jumped to the front of the line they moved where they were making the, the 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 oil water separator from Texas to Pennsylvania, and they're they're executing on it, and it, it's totally trans, uh, you know, changed the 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 job, you know, and that now we're going to be able to finish on time versus finishing late, um, and and I, that would have created so much um, struggle in the business, so much frustration, so much upsetness, so much anger prior to learning that concept, acknowledge, accept, take action. And then once you know that you, 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 you have a solution attack speed. Like, so once I knew that, you know, the supplier was willing to um, transition the uh, oil water separated to Pennsylvania, I was on the phone with them and I was attacking this thing and like, Hey, let's, let's figure this out. When um, getting dates, getting them to confirm things, getting them to commit to um, the truck driver and, and getting deposits to them. My attack speed went up so very fast because I knew that we had them in a position to like produce this product for us and, and to make the project completed on time. And that was really important to me. Um, so overall, the event was was really good. It, it, it Hearing the concepts and studying them and then meeting in person and then everybody selecting, you know, concepts that they, they, that, that really resonated with them really humanizes everything and it makes it tangible. It makes it, uh, it makes it, it makes it real. Right. And then, you know, on one of the lunch breaks, I, I was having a conversation with one of the participants, Lionel, and, um, we were having a great conversation and, um, he he was shared this con another concept with me and I I've heard the saying but I've never really understood the saying and this it went like this it was he was he said um, you know as entrepreneurs we are constantly creating fires and then putting them out and then I was like okay I hear that but like what does that mean like can you give me like a real life example so the example that he gave me was 
you know, as, as on, as an entrepreneur, we'll like, we'll like hire somebody and say, Hey, go do this. Right. And, and then like, we're, we're upset like two months later when, when that person has gone and done that and then they've created a problem. And, and now it's like, it's a, it's a fire that, that we as the entrepreneur or business owner has to now go put out. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I've never, I've always heard that, but I never really understood it that way. And it's so true. It's like, we want to be so creative and we want to, we want to grow and scale so, so bad that we, 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 we do these situations and they're and it's literally coming out of a, a good intention. You know, we want to, we want to hit our goals, you know? So th- the cause of this fire is coming out of a good intention. It just, the intention just needs more structure and, and hearing it that way, it was like, Oh, well, well when you say it this way, then like, it makes sense that like, there potentially could be a fire. And then now that we have to go put out, but like, it also makes sense to like create um, structure and like a transition from, um, from where we're currently at to where we want to go and then how to go about putting that together. And what I mean by that is like um, putting together a team in, in a structure, meaning like, like a standard operating procedure to get from point A to point B. So when you go and hire that person, they they know how to execute at a at your at the level that you want them to execute on, right? And and this really resonated with the event too because like we're all we were we're all a part of this group to become better leaders. And as you become a better leader, you realize that it's really not about you. It's, it's not about, it's not about what you know. It's about what does your team know? And it's, it's really about your team. Um, so as I, I've, as I've become a better leader, I've, I've learned that like, it's, it's a lot of its communication, right? So I remember when I, we, we were maybe, um, year it was 2016 and I was like one of the first real large projects that we had gotten. It was like a $3.7 million job. And I had never executed on a job like that before. And, um, inside I, I had a lot of like stress and, 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 um, and anxiousness and my team had executed on a job like that before, you know, with other companies and, I, I, I had never really done it. So I, I, I wanted to like get things done. And I was, I, I was like, yeah, we, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do this. We need to do that. And I, I never got any buy-in. And as a, when you become a good leader, you understand how important buy-in is. Like what I mean by buy-in is like, I'll, I'll say we need to do this. But then after the meeting, I'll ask, hey, hey, where are we at with with X, Y, and Z? And they're like, oh, well, you never told us we needed to do that. Well, yeah, we we talked about it at the previous you know on site meeting, and like, no, I didn't, I didn't hear that. So to get buy in, you need to make sure your all the team members are on the same page. And the way you do that, and the way, way I've found to do that, is to have the team members repeat like what the vision is what the plan is. So like, it's great for me to, to outlay the vision, but like 
do they understand the vision? And the only way you're going to realize or understand or know that they understand the vision is by them literally telling you what they heard you say the vision is. And if you do that, that creates structure because now they, they, they've they painted the picture in their head and they now have something to work off of. Whereas if they don't repeat that and they don't, if they say, you know, if you, if you say the vision is to go from California to Maine and they say the vision is to go from Virginia to Maine, there's a disconnect. There's a problem there. And now you know about the problem where, where if you just leave and just say, Hey, the vision is to go from California to Maine and you don't confirm, then, then, then you, you didn't create any structure. The second way that I've learned to create structure is, is through creating recordings, right? So I'll do a training. I'll record the training. It's so simple, right? But like, I never did those before. I never recorded the training. It was always, Hey, do this, 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 and that. And the, you know, the person would either write it down or, or whatever. But like, if they lost the paper, then I had to go and repeat myself. So every time I repeated myself, it reduced my confidence in that person and it probably, and it reduced their confidence in me as a leader because like the instructions that I gave them weren't easy to accomplish, right? So like creating these recordings allows me to um, talk with my team members and, 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 and go through um, concepts. And then there's, there's an actual tangible um product after the remaining, right? That they can go back and re-listen to a hundred times for them to understand how to execute on it. And they don't have to come back and ask me how, how to do it a hundred times, right? And yeah, if there's like little nuances or there's little things that um, we didn't, we might've missed on the recording. Yeah. They, they come back and ask that, but th- that's not a problem. It's the problem comes when you have to repeat the entire thing and you, you think like you're growing and scaling, but like you're constantly having to go back to point A and point A and point A, it, it becomes frustrating for all parties involved, right? Um, and then <clears throat> uh, being a great leader is like showing the team and, and, and allowing them to take over, right? So like you create this process and you, you execute on the process but then it becomes a point where it's like, okay, you've done some growth as the leader. Now let some other people come in and, and do the growth as a leader. And we've implemented this for our, our daily meetings, right? We're now having other team members um, lead those meetings. For a while, I, I led the meeting. But I, I was like, okay, you know, it'd be cool to see if like, you know, Anisha or Jackie or Victoria or Brian – leads the meeting. And, and for me personally, it's like, wow, it's like you get to see that person's personality come out. You know, you get to see how they, they do the meeting versus how I did the meeting. And it's under, it's, it's the meeting has an agenda. So it, it, it's the same flow, but like everybody has their way of doing things with like their voice, their, their, their style of communication. So it's like, Oh wow. I can learn from this or, or, and you can see them, their confidence in them building, and you can see the, their learnings being being uh, being grown, and and their understanding of things and how things should flow 
uh, grow as well. And, and that's, that's the cool thing. I mean, I'm sitting there with like, Oh wow, this is really powerful. This is like, this is, is life changing for me to see like team members that were engaged enough to even want to be a part of that. You know, it's, um, it, it really was, was powerful for me to be a part of. So it's like, you know, as entrepreneurs, we always want to grow and scale. Um, and that growing and scaling obviously will look different from a, a, depending on how big your business is. I mean, if you're zero to three million, uh, it's going to look different than if you're three to nine million. And it's going to look, look different if you're nine to 15 or 15 to, you know, 100 million. It's all of that growing and scaling is going to look different. And you're going to need different things and you're, you're going to need to execute on different technical moves. The one thing that is consistent is that in that growth, you need structure and a strong, strong foundation. And, and that structure and that strong foundation is going to come through your people and be, being a good leader for those people and, and making sure that they can execute on, on, on the task at hand to continue to allow your business to grow and scale. With love, keep putting one foot in front of the next and continue to build your legacy. Thank you for listening to The Imperfect Entrepreneur. Please remember to subscribe and leave feedback.